Broadcasting from the campus of Lynn Benton Community College, we are the Mid-Valley STEM CTE Hub. I'm your host, Casey, and this, this is Closing the Gap. Welcome back, and thanks for joining me, women in STEAM enthusiasts, to another episode of Closing the Gap. Did you know that Oregon is home to more than 280 craft breweries? That's 280. That's a lot of beer. The craft beer industry in the Pacific Northwest is rapidly growing. Brewing and fermentation positions can be gained from attending a college program like OSU's Fermentation Science. As we'll hear today, it can also be a a career that you learn as a hobbyist as well as on-the-job training. Today on the show, our guest is Danny Raich. Danny is a head brewer, well, the head brewer, of Calipuya Brewing in Albany, Oregon. Danny got her start as a home brewer before breaking into the professional craft beer industry. Join us as we dive deeper into Danny's professional journey into the world of beer. So how's it going? How are you, Danny? I'm good. Uh, not, not much going on. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me in studio today. Yeah. You brew craft beer over at Calipuya Brewing in Albany. Yeah. How did you get into that? Um, beer. Uh, found out I liked beer when I first visited Oregon. Hmm. All I had tried before was, you know, my dad's Corona or Pacifico or whatever he had in the fridge. And when I first visited Oregon, probably 10, 11 years ago, I tried the craft beer and realized that I liked beer and just right away knew I wanted to start home brewing. So I started home brewing and kind of knew right away after home brewing that I wanted to make beer for a living and just kind of spiraled into it. What kind of beer was that first one? Uh, definitely an IPA. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was definitely an IPA. Right on. Uh, the first beer I tried was an IPA and definitely fell in love with hops and uh, brewed a few different styles at home, but mostly IPAs. For sure. That's cool. I like an IPA too, especially when they were big and it was like every week there's like a new hazy out. I yeah. Was like, oh yeah, this is my stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so you grew up in a place where there wasn't a whole lot of beer, so it was like this, it sounded like it was a big creative kind of discovery that you had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what drew me to it besides the flavor. I mean, I I remember going to breweries for the first time and kind of liking the kind of culture I saw, I guess. Um, Just seemed very friendly. Everybody seemed really nice and everybody was happy and think something about that too drew me into it for sure is there like a type of person that really does well in a a brewery kind of hospitality setting I've seen all kinds so I would I don't really think so I mean hospitality obviously yeah in, in that aspect of it in the brewery you're normally kind of on your own usually in a hole in the back so that you know I've seen all sorts of personalities people who are really enthusiastic and happy and people who aren't so much and everybody can make good beer but I mean once you're kind of out in the front um, if you don't have that hospitality personality kind of got fake it sometimes yeah so (laughs) totally I think something that is alluring to people that go into food and hospitality and uh, like working customer service in that kind of capacity is like the ability to do it anywhere and travel and go anywhere is that the same kind of thing with being the brewer or is that more of like a job where you find a place that you fit or that you like and you stay put 
I would say it really depends. You can definitely go. I mean, after you have learned and you have the experience, I feel like you can kind of jump anywhere you want. Um, all of the systems are different, but once you've, you know, experienced one and you ha and you know the principles of brewing, you can kind of see another system and understand how to use it. Obviously, it takes some time to get used to it, but you really can go and use any system. Um, so it just depends on the person. Some people like moving around. I personally have found where I love to be and I don't want to leave. Sure, But yeah. you could definitely, I've known of people who jump around to different places or who um, spend a lot of their time on the road doing collaborations with other breweries and just going and using all sorts of different systems. For sure. The craft beer industry is booming. So, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of small breweries pop up everywhere. That means probably more brewers. What are some kind of credentials to get a person in the door to become a brewer? I think there's a lot of different ways. And I think um, kind of putting yourself all into it any way you can is best. Obviously, you know, like um, OSU has the fermentation science program. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know about that when I had already gotten into brewing. If I had, it might be something I would have gone for. Um, so, you know, starting at that step and learning, there's also buy books, read, start homebrewing if you can. That's hands-on experience is always really great. For me, that's how I learned. So that was the best steps for me to get there. <clears throat> um, visit your local breweries, try and make friends with people, try and get into the brewery, take a tour, try and meet the brewers and, um, you know, show interest. And I've known... I mean, a lot of it is just who you know and kind of getting in there and making friends, but also homebrewing. Schooling is great. Uh, reading, just anything you can to kind of gain that knowledge and just putting yourself out there, joining homebrew groups. Um, you know, they get a lot of opportunities to meet and work with brewers, go into breweries sometimes and do brews with them. So just putting yourself into that community as much as you can is always good. Totally. I think networking is always like a really great idea for sure. Yeah. Do you learn any skills like on the job or is like going from home brewing to, you know, brewing, how many beers do you have? Like 10, 12, something like that? Like <laughs> a lot of beers. 19, 20. <laughs> okay. I was, I was a little off. Yeah. But, any time. <laughs> right. So you have a lot of, you have a lot going um, on as like a professional brewer. Did that, did your skills from being a home brewer translate um, or was there like a lot of on the job training to kind of get you up to speed with all the juggling that you might have to do? The little bit of skills I had from homebrewing definitely translated, but 98% was um, learning on the job. I mean, the basic knowledge of what you're doing is obviously important to have. So that's kind of what I got from homebrewing. I learned how to, um, you know, how brewing worked, but then how to clean and learned that cleanliness was one of the biggest parts of brewing beer. Um, so that kind of was a good thing knowing going into it, but it was it's a lot of on the job. Even if you go to school for it or read a book or talk to people, it's all on the job. Every system, every brewery is different. So um, learning, you know, how to use that system, but also just, yeah, in general, uh, it was very different than home brewing. Yeah. Right on. So uh, kind of within the confines of Calipulia Brewing, there is also Vivacity Spirits. Do you mm -hmm. do any of the distilling? Um, I do not do any of the distilling. I have not. I've learned a lot about it through um, Chris. He's one of the owners, and he's the distiller there. Um, definitely learned a lot about it, but one cool thing that we have done since they took over Calapuya was we started doing bourbon and whiskey. Oh, cool. And so that's 
at their old space, they didn't have a mash tun. They could not make beer. So they had made whiskey before, but they bought the beer from Oregon Trail, I think, Oregon Trail Brewing. Sure. Um, and so now that they have the brew house, we can uh, do whiskey and bourbon washes. So pretty much just fermenting the grain for them. And then they take that and distill it and put it into barrels. So that, that's, that's my part of the distilling. but <laughs> Right on. That's cool. It, it's, I think it's interesting that there is that crossover between you can use some of the same equipment to yeah. do all these different things. Yeah. So what are some pros and cons of working in the beer industry? I love my job, but I love everything I get to do. Uh, it's a really creative job if you make it a creative job, I guess. Um, so for me, that's one of the reasons why I love brewing is it's creative and I get to do a lot of you know, problem solving and just recipe development and creating. Um, it keeps you on your toes. There's always something new. I think that's a pro for me, you know, not doing the same thing every single day. Even having some of the problems that, you know, come up, it's fun to try and solve them. You're there. I mean, me specifically at Kalapuya, it's not a very big team. So I kind of get to dip my toes into everything. That's a really big pro for me is kind of learning the business side of it um, and just getting to help other people with things as well. What are some of the problem solving things? Is it like mechanical? Is it like dealing with like transferring beer from one container to the next? Or like, yeah. can you expand on that a little bit? Every day there's problem solving. So yeah, it might be something where like, okay, our pump's not working. Let's take it apart and figure it out. Never done it before. You know, let's go online and research the pump and take it apart and see what's going on. See if we can find the problem. You know, it's a lot of, especially I feel like for small businesses that don't have a lot of money, it's a lot of let's figure it out ourselves. So, um, yeah, if something's not working right, taking it apart, doing research, finding out what's going on, trying to fix it ourselves. And it could be anything from like, you know, the plumbing in the pub isn't working correctly. Let's take a look at it and see what's going on. Um, it's, yeah, like I need to get this into this tank. How am I going to do that? And just constantly just trying to come up with new stuff or seeing what's wrong with something. Um, there's just so much. <laughs> For sure. You mentioned another one of the uh, pros was recipe development. Mm -hmm. Are you a person that's going to go with the trends? Is that like a maybe a good thing to do, like uh, doing market research? for yeah. a position like yours like if everyone's making a, a grapefruit ipa are you making one too is that like something that this trade does yes and no so definitely um it is really big at brewing that you know following trends and something will come out and then everybody's doing it and then it'll die off a little bit i definitely keep my eye out and i i try a lot of beer um so i guess that's how i would keep up on trends is just going to breweries seeing what's out there going to the store and buying cans, seeing what's new. Some of the trends, yes, I'm like, okay, I wanna try that. Some of them, no, I'm like, you know what, <laughs> it might be selling, but I don't really wanna make a, I'm not even gonna say anything, you know, but um, that type of beer. So, but definitely market research is, is a really big one for us. And I also have, you know, my sales guys will come to me and be like, hey, I saw this, this sounds really good. Like, why don't you do this? And sometimes they'll be, yeah, okay. And sometimes I'll, you know, not want to <laughs> even think about it. Um, sure. A lot of it is just, I mean, for me personally, I like to try and go off of what sounds good to me. And that sounds, I mean, it's, it's more than that. So it's not like I'm just making beer for myself, but mm -hmm. um, I try and make everything something I would drink 
and there's not a lot that I wouldn't try or drink. So, you know, that's, it works. It has worked. I've made a lot of stuff that I, I don't particularly like, but I think it's a good beer. So. How's mentorship in the uh, brewing community? From what I've found, it's been amazing. Um, my first job, I was an assistant brewer and the head brewer there taught me everything I know and he's no longer in the brewing industry who moved to uh, spirit industry actually but he still comes into my place of work all the time um, calls me and we still have a really good relationship and he's always coming in trying you know giving me suggestions or messing with stuff and uh, um, since I started at Calapuya too having uh, Dave Marley of the former brew of Flat Tail there that's been really great to have him giving me feedback and you know positive criticism and um, so for me personally it's been amazing I've had a lot of support and a lot of people who have wanted to help me and who have helped me and um, I know there's a lot of other you know resources and community out there uh, I have not been too big of a part of it, but I uh, am part of something called Pink Boot Society. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them. So, so yeah, it's a women's uh, brewing organization, and uh, there's different, you know, I don't know if pods is the right word, but different, you know, groups in each area, and so there's one for the Willamette Valley, and I started getting a little bit more involved in that, and some of the people there are really great, and like that is to another spot where there's like a lot of mentorship and like a lot of you know you can ask questions and a lot of support so i think the brewing industry in general everybody is super supportive and super friendly it's never um i've never seen it where you know somebody's like like this is my information you can't have it <laughs> like everybody's very helpful yeah totally one of those situations if we lift each other up we all win yeah yeah i think i mean if we're in oregon right now so if we like go to any grocery store we can see how large our market is here so I can imagine there's like no threat yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> do not, you have yeah not from what I've seen do you have a favorite brewery in the area like what's your go-to Saturday brewery in the area um I mean every Saturday I'm usually at work but um <laughs> or industry Saturday you know it's a Tuesday see. in our area I guess Probably my favorite in the closest area. I really like Oakshire Spear. Okay. Um, out of Eugene. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good breweries. I lived in Springfield for a long time, mm -hmm. so I know most of the breweries there a lot better. I mean, there's also a lot more in Eugene. So, like Oakshire and um, Cold Fire is another one. They have oh. really great IPAs, but. I don't I think know if I'd ever had cold fire. It's really good. You should try it. <laughs> right on. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many good ones that I, it's hard to pick. Cool. Do you have any say in like the labeling? I think that this industry is like notorious for having like incredible graphic design and, and packaging uh, work. Is that like a, is that something that the brewer can have their hand in as well? Or is it that more of like a completely separate department? Um, I guess it depends on the place. I'm not, I, I'm not, you know, too familiar with the larger places. Mm -hmm. I guess it would depend on whether you're, you know, marketing and design is in-house or out of house. I know for our company, um, we have recently hired an in-house marketing slash design person who oh. I work very close with. And so um, I do have a lot of say in that myself, but I don't think that that's, you know, completely common for brewers. I'm not, I, I'm not sure, but I, I, 
have a lot of say. <laughs> awesome. Get to give a lot of feedback. So cool. Uh, a little bit ago, we were talking about the pros and cons, and I kind of cut you off at the pros. Oh, so, yeah. uh, is there anything that people should be wary of if they were interested in getting into the into this profession? Um, I mean, of course, but I can't think of anything. Uh, cons. Let's see. The pros definitely outweigh the cons. It sounds like. Um, cons. I mean, it's a hard job that doesn't always pay off very well sure, or you know sure. very very so it, it's not something you do to um make a lot of money it, it, it definitely you have to love it and uh i think that's a big misconception is sometimes people think like oh brewing can make lots of money but um, definitely don't get into it if you're looking to, you know, make a lot of money. There's a, a lot of other things you could do within the industry that you could. <laughs> um, so I think that's probably the biggest con, but if you love it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, the other biggest con I think would have to be like when you know, you don't want to make one of those trendy beers and that you have to because your boss says so, but you know, <laughs> stuff like that, it's small stuff. So right on. <laughs> cool. So, uh, women in the industry, there's like the Peak Boot Society. And, sorry, I know we're jumping around no, a little good. bit. Uh, but so, uh, the Pink Boot Society mm -hmm. and women in the industry, is it, are you seeing like a lot of professional women or is it still kind of like a male dominated industry? I think, of, like, when I think of uh, the beer industry, I think mm -hmm. of a lot of like uh, men with big names that are, that are doing things. Yeah. So, I think it's still really male dominated. Um, but I think in the past, I think probably at least 10 years, it's, it's been getting a lot better. Um, I know a lot of the, the women I've met, you know, there's salespeople, there's brewers, there's distillers, there's uh, business owners, there's managers. Um, Pink Boots Society isn't just for brewers, it's for anybody in the field, oh, which cool. is really cool because, you know, if you're a bartender and you're interested in being connected with a bunch of people that you know kind of share the same mindset and you are planning on you know trying to get further or not you're you know you can be part of it and um so i think that's that's really cool too it's not just brewers it's anybody in the industry um so i think it's definitely getting larger and i think women are definitely making more of a name for themselves and it's m more known that you know hey like women are doing this but um still obviously a long ways to go <laughs> so would you have any advice for young women that are looking to break into this industry I guess my biggest advice would be to not hold yourself back to not you know think about it of like I am the minority and that makes it more difficult I mean sometimes you have to just um I don't know what I'm we're looking for exactly. Um, it's okay. Take your time. But uh, yeah, just, I mean, you know, whether it's, it's women or, or not, just put yourself out there and try and get that help. Because what I've found is a lot of men in the industry, me personally, haven't treated me any differently and I've gotten a lot of help from them. And if I had held myself back from asking them for that help, thinking, you know, that I maybe needed a, a woman mentor or, um, then I might not have ever been able to get that. So I think just sure. always putting yourself out there no matter what and um, 
But then, you know, there are also Pink Boots Society is a great one. Like if you're wanting to get into the industry, you can also join if you are a home brewer. You can join if you are wanting to get into the industry. Um, I do believe they have like you can register as a home brewer for it. So then you can go and you can meet all these people in the industry and start, you know, getting information and, and getting mentorship. So just finding the resources that are out there definitely is, is worth it. And yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I think you touched on something interesting a moment ago where you were saying that uh, if you thought too hard about being a woman in this mm-hmm. male dominated industry, you might've like held you back a little bit. And maybe that is, could be an unhelpful way to think about yeah. it. Of, yeah. Cause I mean, I don't know, like, uh, you don't want to psych yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I could definitely like end up psyching myself out sometimes <laughs> if I think too hard about that and like, oh, you know, they're not going to take me seriously or something. But uh-huh. I think in some places it could be um, a real concern for sure. Yeah. But and sometimes it's easier than said than done, you know, until like you're sitting in that room with 20 other brewers and, you know, maybe you're the only like female or maybe there's one other. Then then it's, you know, might be a little bit different. But um yeah, just not letting, I guess, anything hold you back. Yeah, so. for sure. I think I wanted to go back a little bit and touch on the um, on the schooling and apprenticeship mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Because I know that you are, um, like, self-taught for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was wondering if you had any information, like, on the OSU program or, or any, like, if it's, if you know, like, anything that, like, maybe students, because this is, I think primarily listened to by students and teachers mm-hmm. of um, are there any like classes or anything that students could prepare themselves for um, getting into a program like the OSU fermentation program or getting into an apprenticeship that'd be really helpful. I yeah. wish I knew. Okay. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, once I got into brewing, it was like none of that ever crossed my path. So sure. I don't really have much knowledge on, you know, what um, what would help or not. I know, yeah, as far as, like, apprenticeships, um, I've been eager and, uh, you know, finding some knowledge for yourself, whether it's through a program or through books or, you know, just researching online or homebrewing. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of, I mean... I've had, you know, a couple of people who have worked with me for a little while because they were interested in it and mm-hmm. wanted to learn. And sometimes you, you know, can find the people that are like, okay, hey, I need some help. And, you know, you're willing, you're wanting to learn. I'll, I'll give you a, a chance or I'll have you wash kegs and you can, you know, maybe learn a couple things on the way. So I guess that's the whole, you know, networking and maybe finding those people that are willing to give you a chance. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I wish I knew more about that. <laughs> it's okay. It sounds like something uh, that it, it sounds like an industry that there are a lot of opportunities for people that have really good soft skills. Like mm-hmm. I've been hearing, like uh, willingness to grow mm-hmm. and and being um, able to communicate well, things like that are yeah. really important to being a brewer. From from what I'm understanding, from what you're saying, yeah, definitely. Um, willingness to grow, uh, not. I mean, especially as a new brewer, always taking advice and, um, you know, realizing that the way I'm doing things is not 
the way there's mm-hmm. other ways and you know not to be stubborn and you know um i guess attention to detail is a pretty big one because you're working in a brewery and that's there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of safety hazards safety protocols that you need to follow and so you know if you get moving too fast and you forget to you know let pressure out of something like it can be very dangerous so I think one thing is when you're learning on a job sometimes it can be you can be anxious and and you know mess up a little bit and it's kind of scary in a brewery when you're at that point because you really have to stop and look at everything and make sure everything is as it should be before you move on to the next step. And I think that sometimes um, just slowing down is a really big part of learning brewing and just taking the time to understand what's going on because, you know, there's a lot of pipes, there's a lot of hoses, there's a lot of stuff happening, and it's easy to miss the small details if you're not kind of taking everything in. So I think just uh, observation and... Yeah. Yeah. Be able to like zen out and like recenter yourself when you're feeling stressed out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, it sounds like you could maybe like also like just ruin whatever project you're doing if you don't um slow down and pay attention to what you're doing, you know, forget to let pressure out or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, we just lost all that work and we just Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luckily that's never happened, but I know it can happen very easily and <clears throat> you know, it's a blink of an eye. So if you take the precautionary steps to kind of just Go slow and check everything first. Um, attention to details, really, really big. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I always hear about uh, people talking about like yeast and like the chemistry of like mm-hmm. kind of brewing and uh, oh, like I can taste like bubble gum or something. So like they got the yeast too warm or yeah. <laughs> are those all kind of nuances of learning or is there like something that it, it would like taking chemistry classes be helpful in this kind of instance? Um, Definitely, yeah. yeah. I think chemistry classes would definitely be useful. Um, there's so much science in brewing that um, I don't know that I've kind of been learning as I go, but I don't really know the science behind it. I just know what I'm looking for. I know like sure. what I'm tasting. I know I'm tasting this, and I know why it happened, but I don't know that chemistry behind it. So, sure. I mean, definitely once you get more like – into the like chemistry and science of like why things are happening that's that's really helpful and I think that's like that fermentation science stuff is where like you know program you, you learn kind of a lot more of that definitely sure I think that's a, a really interesting like bit of applied science right there mm-hmm. you know because I feel like there's a lot of skilled trades that people can go into or like you know uh, higher education programs where yeah. it's not like I'm just taking algebra two it's like I'm t- or I'm just taking chemistry. It's like we're taking chemistry with a specific purpose that we're going to just learn this one thing that actually applies to what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also interesting that uh, I think for me, someone who gets a little freaked out by numbers, that uh, you can understand it without like knowing the exact like, oh, we this happened because of this formula. Yeah. You know, there's like this like nuances of like physical observation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's something you learn pretty quick, you know, of, like, why things are happening or, like, why you might have an off flavor in beer. And 
you know, of course you, the, a lot of research goes into finding out those things or finding out how, like, how to make your yeast happy and how to get the flavors you're looking for. Um, Interesting. That there's so much science behind it that I don't know. I just know that if I put, you know, the tank at this temperature, the yeast are happy and they're going to produce this flavor. But yeah, there's definitely so much more to it than that, that, you know, sure, quite a few brewers know. And I'm sure as the years go by, you know, you kind of learn more and more about it. Um, but I'm still very new. And so I know how to make the yeast happy, but I don't know, you know, all of the nuances behind it. Sure. That sounds like it could be like even a subsection of the industry, just uh, yeast production. Oh, yeah. I worked in a brewery for a little while and I would notice that the brewers would have these like jugs, like like a two gallon jug or something. Yeah. It's just full of like liquid yeast. <laughs> um, are there people that just like, I don't, I don't know, was like breed yeast? I don't know if like yeah. breed is the right word. But. Yeah. Um, breed? I mean, I uh, yeah, think culture. Word, yeah, yeah. That, I think that works. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's lots of yeast labs out there. Um, I know um, specifically, I want to say Imperial Yeast is out of Portland. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. But um, like, so Imperial Yeast, like from my understanding, I haven't been to a yeast lab facility yet. Hopefully someday I'll get to go to her one. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but from my understanding, it's it's essentially kind of a brewery because you to you know get the yeast to um, multiply and uh, y- you need to feed them sugar. And so from my understanding, they have fermenters that you know they are building the yeast in. That's not the right term, but growing the yeast in. Cool. Um, so just you know very you know, very clean, lots of microscopes. I'm not sure exactly what I'm trying to say here, but, uh, you know, in a, in a lab setting, they're, they're monitoring every set of the, every step of the way, um, and growing the yeast to sell commercial pitches or homebrew pitches. So yeah, definitely lots of yeast labs out there. Um, cool. And one in Portland that hopefully I'll get to go check out at some point (laughs) yeah that'd be cool um so they're growing like these cultures Mm -hmm. with just like in these very uh sterile environments and with uh sugar then you're bringing it somewhere that's also you know it has to be super sterile and you Mm -hmm. need to feed it sugar and and grains and stuff yeah uh could you maybe like talk us through a little bit of the process of like maybe not like give us one of your recipes but like a general <laughs> yeah. kind of process of like you know all of your raw ingredients to a yeah. finished product yeah so uh beer is essentially water grain yeast and hops um so starting out you take malted grain um so they have heated it to germination and then stopped the germination so um you're mixing crushed grain malted grain with water heat hot water uh warm water and you are converting the starches to sugars so then you're taking that start or the the sugar water essentially sugar water um and you're boiling it to sterilize it and to concentrate it and then you're cooling it down rapidly so that's wort um putting it into a sterile vessel so the wort is like the beginning of everything yes yeah so that's just the grain water and hops so you're adding the hops into it while it's boiling 
um, the bitterness that you get out of hops is from boiling it for certain amounts of time. Um, so like something that's super hoppy, you'd boil for a long time? So uh, typically, I mean, my boils are 90 minutes. A lot of people do 90 minutes, but it's, you know, you can do it from like 45 minutes to two hours. And the longer the hops are boiling, the more bitterness you're pulling out of them. So oh, cool. if I put hops in at the beginning of my 90 minute boil, that's where all that bitterness comes from. If you're putting them in, you know, right when boil's done at zero minutes, you're getting more of like flavor and aroma out of it than the bitterness. So cool. definitely the amount of hops and then also what time you put them in is going to kind of determine the bitterness of the beer. Interesting. Okay. So then you take your sugary hop water and you cool it down and put uh, pitch the yeast into it. Cool. So at that point, you know, it should be in a closed sterile vessel and um, you keep it at, you know, a certain temperature where the yeast are going to be happy and thrive and the yeast eats up all the sugar. It produces the alcohol and CO2 and uh, you're left with beer. Totally. Uh <laughs> I feel like there's like a pretty cool uh, like byproduct of that. You know, the, you get all that foamy, gunky stuff mm-hmm. that's kind of fun. It reminds me of like elephant toothpaste or something, but <laughs> yeah. like not pretty colors. Yeah. What is that? Um, so that's going to be, I mean, a lot of it is like yeast, I guess, uh, yeast and a little bit of the wart. Um, so typically if that happens... A lot of the time that happens in the tank, so you don't really see it. But sometimes if you have it full enough or if your yeast are um, active enough during fermentation, then you'll kind of get that stuff coming out of the tank, that like foamy, yeasty stuff. So essentially, yeah, that's just the yeast and the wort from a very active, like volatile fermentation, you know, kind of bubbling up and coming out of the tank. Interesting. I mean, that sounds fun. Like the word yeah. <laughs> describing it as volatile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine it just like undulating <laughs> in the tank. Yeah. Yeah. It would be fun to see in there and you know actually see what's going on. For sure. What's the favorite beer that you've brewed so far, if you have one? Um, I think my favorite beer that I've brewed has probably been our Turkish coffee stout. Ooh. Um, and mainly, so Vivacity Spirits has a Turkish coffee liqueur. And I uh, was trying to kind of make a beer that played off of that. Mm-hmm. And so the reason it's my favorite beer is because I love coffee. I love coffee beers. Um, and I was able to, I spent probably two weeks formulating the recipe. I got to go to Oregon Coffee and Tea and pick up a, diff- a bunch of different coffees to try. Um, took them home, made cold brew with them, mixed different the you know uh, cinnamon and cardamom and vanilla in different like ratios in them um you know and then brought that stuff to work and mixed it into a stout to see it it was like two weeks of playing and having fun and drinking coffee and um so that was probably my favorite I think that kind of recipe development when you get to really play around with things is is one of my favorite things about the job so I think Turkish coffee stout definitely that's awesome I yeah I mean for anyone listening that's looking for a creative job that you can have a lot of fun with like it sounds like this is a good option because you get to just like freeform play it sounds like yeah and there's so many things that go into a recipe that um, especially if you have the capability and time to like do let's say pilot batches or just to play around with stuff you know take a beer and put different extracts in it um 
one cool thing that we get to do at Calpia is make our own extracts because, I mean, you could do it a lot of places, but um, because we have the distillery attached to us, uh, they have, you know, some neutral grain spirits. So I'm able to take some of that and soak anything I want in it and essentially make an extract. So getting to play around with that and like throwing different extracts and things um, has been a lot of fun. So a really creative can, can definitely be creative and if you're able to play around with stuff then it makes it really fun that's great um so where can uh people find you can uh not you specifically yeah. so where can where can people <laughs> so where <laughs> oh god so where can people find calipulia brewing and vivacity spirits are you on social media or just an on- online yeah website? so uh we definitely have our website calipuliabrewing.com um, we are on Facebook and Instagram and possibly more to come. Uh, we were talking about TikTok today. I'm not sure if that'll happen, but we just we just recently hired a new marketing and social media person. So um, hopefully coming up in the future, we'll kind of have more of a presence and start getting more stuff out there because we've been a little slacking on our social media, but... We'll get there. So <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So in the meantime, while the social media is getting all uh, revamped, why don't you go down to California Brewing in Albany, Oregon, and check out some of Danny's beers? Thanks for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode of Closing the Gap. If you like this show, subscribe on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at mvstemcte on Twitter at Mid Valley STEM and online at midvalleystem.org. Until next time, keep progressing.